Can you hear me? <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Nick. Hola, Nick! Just wanted to take a few minutes to let you find folks know how you can contact us. You can find us on Twitter at the It's Too Wordy One and on Instagram. Just look for It's Too Wordy. We also have a Discord set up, The Haunted Log. If you like what you hear, maybe considering throwing us some of your spare change. Maybe some of your hard-earned loot. Maybe some stuff you find in your car cushions. Who knows? Anything will go a long way. And you can do that by visiting our Patreon page at Patreon backslash HouseBTS. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this episode. This week on It's Too Wordy, Yo Joe? Welcome to this week's episode of It's Too Wordy, the comic book podcast where three buddies discuss comic books from their childhoods and today. I'm Kirk. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. How are we doing this week, guys? Yeah, I'm alright. Yeah, I'm alright. Yeah? Yeah. Alright. So this week we're going to be discussing G.I. Joe number one and to close out Green Lantern month. We're going to be doing Blackest Night. So, should we get G.I. Joe out of the way first, guys? Yeah. Sure. Alright. And go. What do we think? I've already seen this episode. Me too. And it was a lot better back then. Yeah. Uh, Breaker goes into a coma and he wakes up and he's in an alternate world where Cobra has taken over. You find out that the Baroness is a, a double agent and she's actually in love with Breaker. And they start a revolution in that world. This is the continuation of that revolution. Pretty much. Is that in The Real American Hero? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember that one. Oh, it's awesome. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, I've read them all. I just don't remember that. It yeah. was on the cartoon. It was a cartoon. Oh, the cartoon. Okay. Is that the one where they turn into, like, goo people? I can't remember. There's one. Yeah. That was a shipwreck episode. Never mind. Not Breaker. <laughs> that was a shipwreck episode. All right. Um. So, basically, Cobra's taken over. Or they're the Joes. The, yeah, Cobra's basically they're taken over, over the word world and the joes are like a revolutionary force and they recruit anybody who's breathing pretty much and it pretty much tells the story of tiger i don't even remember his real name he didn't have a name he did they didn't say his name did not say his name they were like uh he was going to tell them their name his name but they were like don't we don't need your name you are tiger from now on i was really hoping this was going to be a lot more fun makes two of us the art's not bad art was decent story was really weak as uh really disappointed with this i'm a huge gi joe guy and i've read some bad gi joe stuff and this is right there with it unfortunately yeah yeah and it's always funny that uh it's always duke that dies it's always duke gets that was brutal gets shot in the face yeah by major blood i don't know i don't know which is worse getting shot in the face or getting a serpentor javelin through the chest at least the uh the bullet to the head is quicker it's just more violent. Right. <laughs> with the javelin, didn't he just grab the snake around his neck and throw it and it straightened out? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then poisoned him or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Ryan? About which way was better? Bullet to the head or spear to the heart? Better for reading purposes? Probably the Serpentor thing. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, love... Duke does get it a lot. Yeah, Duke. Duke's one of my favorite characters, and it's funny that he always is the one who gets freaking killed. Even in the shitty ass movies he dies at the beginning of the second movie yeah he, i don't know i've never been a duke guy i don't know why i 
I always like like Flint better. Flint. Than... I was a Flint. I like Flint too. I was hoping that that was Flint in this episode, in this issue with the be, the be, the beret. The, with the beret, right? I thought it was Flint too. I was pissed. And they're like Frontier, and I'm like, who the fuck is Frontier? What? <laughs> Flint. Give us the main characters that we love. Flint, Lady J, Roadblock's kind of a pussy. Yeah. Oh, you killed somebody. Or he killed somebody in this. He's like, uh, uh I killed somebody. It's like, oh, so you cl- you can kill somebody like close up and it matters, but it, with your giant 50 caliber machine gun that you carry around and shoot down airplanes, yeah. that's okay? I guess. Because they're far away? I guess. Fucking Roadblock. At least he didn't talk in rhyme. Who wants a body massage? General Hawk's another one they need to get rid of. Just make them an espionage team and call it good. Yeah. That'd be good. That'd be a good one. I'd agree. And at the end, Cobra's taken over the world and the Joes are ordered to stand down. Yep. It was a disappointment. Would you pick up issue number two? I probably will to see if anything happens. I want to see. Yeah, me too. I want to see if it gets better. And it's just because of my love for the G.I. Joe Mm. universe that I really hope this gets better and this is just a bad start. I don't know if I'd give it more than two issues if it still goes down this path. Yeah, I'm going to buy issue two, and I'm going to have to give it a, a two and a half. With, you know, honestly, I, what I would like to see is just like a B team of G.I. Joes that they do a book about. I am so tired of Duke and Hawk and Scarlet and Stalker and Roadblock. Who cares? Give like me some B team guys that... We're, we're echoing Thor and Loki from last week. <laughs> nope. Totally agree. Yep. It'd be nice to see somebody else. Somebody else. I'd love to see Jinx play a bigger part in some of these books. Right. I want quick kick. Give me some quick kick. Well, well, if this is not, <laughs> if this is in continuity with yeah, quick a real American hero, quick kick's dead. Well, that sucks. But if it is not, yeah, do something with those guys. I mean, they've oh. got 300 different shows that they can do something with. Do they do a lot with Deep Six? Only when it's on the ocean mission. Give me some ocean missions with Deep Six. Um, they did a book with him called uh, Helix, and it's a girl that's got these adapted powers. And she, they have to go out to one of those oil rigs that Colbert owns, and he's a part of that. Or sword torpedo. You know, it's like okay, now we're gonna do this, so we have to use these ocean guys. Or we're climbing a mountain. Let's use Alpine. Fantastic. What's he do when he's not climbing a mountain? Seriously, he's got to be something else besides just the mountain climber. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This so, hit home with Ryan this week. So this is what happens when Larry Hama does not write a G.I. Joe book. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I really want to read the next series that Larry Hama writes of this. Like the sixth series of the Snake Eyes part. Right. I, I really, I think that's really interesting. Like Snake Hunt. Like I really want to read that. Is and that coming out soon? Was that in the back? See how quickly I put it away? It's, it's out now. It's issue 266. Okay. If you haven't read it in a while, it's a little confusing because there's two Snake Eyes. And neither of them are the original Snake Eyes. Okay. But, well, now I know. Yeah. And knowing uh, is half the battle. Absolutely. G.I. Um, Joe! Back in the mid-2000s, Mike Costa wrote a book called Cobra. And then they had a G.I. Joe book, and then they had the Snake Eyes book. Those were good. One focused on Snake Eyes, one focused on G.I. Joe, one focused on Cobra. And Chuckles infiltrated Cobra. And was kind of a spy. And the twins were complete jackasses. Like they are. Like they are. Like they're supposed to be. It was written unbelievably well. They only lasted 13 or 14 issues, unfortunately. I've seen them reboot this stuff a hundred times. 
start with a fresh idea, get rid of the same plain characters that you use constantly, that there's no more character development, and build something new. I want a Zartan comic book. Just the Dreadnoughts? And the Dreadnoughts. They did a new Dreadnoughts book. Did they? Damn. I want one. Where it's just focused on them the whole time. Um, I think in Images G.I. Joe 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, if I remember right, were focused on the Dreadnoughts. I mean, they had the G.I. Joe story, yeah. but the, it was focused on the Dreadnoughts. That's what I'm saying. We're, we're naming off characters that you could use mm-hmm. easily, yep. but we're using the same five freaking characters every time. It's because they're the popular ones and they know they'll get books sold, which is complete horseshit. Where's Beachhead? Beachhead would be nice. I would love I would to see love Beachhead. Beachhead. We could find out what Snowjob does on his days off when he's not in the snow. Why Get can that not be eyes. a one-off issue? Yeah. Just yeah. a fun issue. Why can't they do that? Well, else? Give me some bazooka. Way to go, Blanco Nino. Yeah. Too bad your ass got sacked. Unfortunately, this is a... This isn't the... It's one more issue or bust. Yeah, it is for me. Uh, it's no more for me. No more for you? No. I'm going to do one more. I was excited. I went to two comic shops to find this thing. Yeah. And I got home and I read it and I was like, that's forgettable. Yeah. So two, we're going to get issue twos and Nick's like, screw you. I'm not spending any more money on you. Right now it's a one and a half for me. It's a one and a half? Uh, All right. It's just a recycled story with recycled characters for me. And it's seen it before. One and a half's fair. Yeah. One and a half. And if I want the story, I'll just watch Man in the High Castle. And that's a better espionage story than this is. All right. So, now that we've got that piece of trash out of the way, we're going to move into Blackest Night. I'm taking this? No, you don't have to. We can do this together. We can just talk it all together. No, I'm good with it. This one. Chronologically, the only thing that really happened between Sinestro War... And Blackest Night is issue 43. Black Hand actually becomes a Black Lantern and can reanimate a, reanimate corpse corpses. And then there's issue 52. Uh, the reason this one's important is because Blackest Night runs through issue 52, 53, 54, somewhere in there. Can't remember. They introduce the origin of the Ion, the green entity, and the entities of the emotional spectrum. So the Predator for Sapphires, say this one right, but... Uh, Ophidian for orange, Adria for blue, Prostella for indigo, and the Butcher for red, which rolls us into Blackest Night. And even though this is a Green Lantern month and he is involved, the Green Lanterns are involved, a lot of their story actually takes place in Green Lantern Corps and Green Lantern titles. So this is more focusing on some aspects of some of the Green Lanterns, but for the most part, the other heroes that come in to be involved with this. So Blackest, Black Hand is able to resurrect corpses, and you find out that he goes to, I can't remember how, but at this point, Batman was supposedly dead. So they went, or he went and took Batman's skull and used it a little bit later. But um, it's very heavy with the Flash, Adam, oh, and Mira. Mira's in three yep. that are really involved. There's a lot of talk between Flash and, which is Barry Allen, and Hal Jordan, about how they were able to come back from the dead, and how they're supposed to be alive. The first issue kind of really focuses on Hawkman and Hawkwoman, which I thought was pretty cool. It goes back to Identity was it Identity Crisis. Identity Crisis, yeah. yeah. Where Ray is calling Hawkman and saying, hey, I want to go visit my wife's grave. Will you come with me? 
because she was the one that killed Sue Dibney. Sue Dibney. And uh, Hawkman's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And hangs up the phone. And all of a sudden gets attacked by Ralph and Sue Dibney, who were reanimated from the dead. And they kill Hawkman and Hawkgirl, who then become Black Lanterns. Next issue kind of focuses on Mira and how... What's the son's name? Who? The Aqua Kid. Aqua Lad? It's not Aqua Lad. It's Aqua Tide Baby or something. Oh, okay. I don't remember the name. Garth. 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 Yeah. Aqualad. Oh. Aqualad, yeah. Yep. So Garth's begging for Mira to allow Aquaman to be buried back in Atlantis because he's on Earth or on planet, you know, planet side, ground side, mm. I guess. Surface. Surface. That's, surface world. That's a good word. He's on the surface. He's on the surface. And uh, they see that his grave has been disrupted and all of a sudden there's Aquaman and a whole bunch of his Aqua goons. Um, and they just destroy Garth, killing him. Mira manages to escape. Dead man, who's dead and who inhabits living people to speak through, is actually getting called back from the dead as well. Which is crazy, because then, then you're like, okay, so it's this, It's not a spirit that gets called back, it's just the body that gets called yeah. back. Because Boston is still roaming around as dead man. Right. One of the cooler pieces is Hawk and Dove, the original Hawk and Dove. They try to resurrect Hawk and Dove, and Hawk comes back, but they cannot resurrect Dove. Yeah, because Dawn is at peace. Yeah, it says Dawn Hall on Earth is at peace. They wouldn't, it wouldn't let them come back. kept trying it, and it says at peace, at peace, at peace. And that is so cool. Because yeah. I'm a huge Hawk and Dove fan, and giving the respect to Dawn like that, instead of just being like, I'm coming back, it's like, no, he's he's dead, and he likes it. He's at peace. He's he okay just wants to stay there. Yeah. yeah. Then we get to a gravesite where it's Blue Devil, Zantana, the Phantom Stranger, and the Spectre. And the Spectre ends up getting possessed, where Crispin Allen gets possessed and turns into a Black Lantern. Fantastic splash page on that. Mira escapes Aquaman, gets away. John, uh, Martian Manhunter, comes back and is attacking Barry. Hal bar- steals a police car, or borrows a police car, I guess, and drops it on Martian Manhunter because... And, Cause the explosion, we got the fire. Martian Manor Hunter hates fire. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's his only weakness. That's his weakness, is yeah. fire. He's afraid okay. of fire. The final page of uh, issue two has Hawkman, Hawkwoman, Ralph and Sue Dibney, Martian Manhunter, and the original Firestorm back to life. Pretty cool splash page there. Issue three gets interesting. This one probably bothered me the most. This is the one I'm thinking of. Because the new Firestorm, this kid named Jason and his girlfriend, they merge together mm-hmm. and become Firestorm. And they're talking, and he can hear her thoughts when he's in, she's inside his head, and she he knows that she's kind of looking for a long-term deal, and he's not quite ready there yet. And uh, that doesn't pay off in the end here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope. So Adam and Mira make it back to the Justice League satellite with the new firestorm because they got paged and are ambushed by some of the black lanterns indigo tribe shows up and starts destroying the black lanterns but you can never understand what any of the indigo tribe says because they talk in like clicks and stuff only when they want to only when they they want to english ray's wife shows back up and starts giving the adam a bunch of crap about how he wants she wants him to be around and everything and indigo goes into the different colors of the rings that came come about but firestorm ends up getting a hold of dead firestorm gets a hold of the girl from the current firestorm and ends up killing her 
and then absorbs the other kid, and Jason. They, yeah. And he becomes the <clears throat> conscience of Firestorm or whatever. He's in his head and is trying to control him. Then we see that all of a sudden, all these black rings are flying through. The power level's getting up to 57%. Uh, Maxwell Lord's coming back. Crystal Frost. Alexander Luther. All these names from the past are coming back. Being raised from the dead. Nothing really spectacular happens. Just more fighting. Hal did get swooped away with the Indigo tribe to try to find out, find more lanterns. And so they went running to, uh, Flash went to talk to Alan Scott because he is a Green Lantern. But like we mentioned in our first Green Lantern episode, he is not really a Green Lantern Corps member. Uh, so he's trying to use his powers. Not a whole lot of effect there at all. The JSA's guys get taken over and damage gets under control of the Black Rings. And all of a sudden, the lantern shows up with one of the guardians in front of it, Scar. So, and I've got more about the Scar on our D-list here in a minute. And all of a sudden, Necron appears. He's the big baddie. He is Black Hand's master. In five, all the rings get together. They're yelling their oaths. They're vowing to fight with each other, or fight together with each other. Sinestro and Hal Jordan fighting together? Atrocitus, yeah. What? Larflees. Yeah. Larflees is only doing it because he's promised a guardian at the end of this. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember that. They all get together and they take out Scar the Guardian, blasting him, all seven of them do. And it appears that they killed him, but you never know with these uh, black rings. And all of a sudden, Batman arises. The dead Batman. Oh, no! And I'm going to be curious to get your opinion on this stuff, guys, but uh, all of a sudden, they do a page where they see Batman, or they see Superman and Wonder Woman and Green Arrow all looking at Batman, and they all had an emotion to Batman being risen from the dead. And the rings, the black rings, feed off the emotion of people, and it turned around and made all those individuals into into black lanterns. black lanterns. So Superboy, Animal Man, Wonder Woman. Superman, Donna Troy, Kid Flash, Ben Parker. Oh, I'm sorry. Ben Parker. Uh, in the meantime, John Stewart's flying back from space, which is all taking place in Green Lantern Corps, having a lot of Black Lanterns chasing after him. Go ahead, name them all. Name them. <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. You Don't know. do no, it. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, Ganthet then announces, well, you guys all have the power to create your own rings, duplicate your rings. He goes, I love this part. He's like, so I'm going to take a copy of Hal's ring, and I'll be a Green Lantern now. Yep. Um, and then the rings go shooting off of all the color spectrum, and we get uh, Lex Luthor becomes Agent Orange. Wonder Woman is love. Scarecrow is fear. Adam is compassion. Mira is rage. She's just unbelievably pissed off about this whole thing with Aquaman. Flash. Flash is hope. That's who I'm hope. So they all have the power of the ring right now. For 24 hours, according to Ganthet, and they're taking it to Black Hand because they figured out that Black Hand is the link for Necron. They can't take out Necron, so they have to take out Black Hand. So they're all taking after Black Hand. Lara Flees and Lex Luthor start fighting over who gets to keep what. Uh, I want my Guardian. All of a sudden, all the other Lanterns show up. You know, Guy, Kyle, uh, Acrylo, Blees. Fantastic sp- uh, splash page there. Necron does kill one of the Guardians. Jerks. They did, He deserved it. Next number two villain of all time. And all of a sudden, a white light appears. <gasps> which is the life equation. And Necron's trying to kill the 
kill the white entity, and Sinestro's like, yeah, screw that, I'm taking it, jumps in, and takes over the power of the White Lantern. Now, the problem with that is Sinestro is all about himself and not about the greater good, so it kind of backfires on him, and he's getting destroyed by Necron. Lots of fighting. Cool splash page there. There's one page where all of them are firing their rings at Necron, and it's just a beautiful colored page. Uh, Ivan Reese did an amazing job on that. And the Anti-Monitor comes alive again, because there's not enough Anti-Monitor in the world. Nope. Now, the coolest thing about issue 8 is there's this page where it says, let there be light, and when you open it up, you see all the people that came back to life. So, Maxwell Lord, Thawn, Hawk, Jade, Captain Boomerang, uh, Blue Beetle, Original Firestorm, Martian Manhunter, Aquaman, Hawkman, Hawkwoman, Deadman, but no Blue Beetle. And Black Adam's kid. Yeah, Osiris. Uh, wasn't he buddies with an alligator or something? Sobek? Yes, that's it. Sobek killed him? Yeah. Yeah. Hawkwoman has all the memories again and realizes she does lo- love Hawkman. That's been the ongoing theme if you've ever read any Hawkman. They always find each other, but she never remembers she loves him. Exactly. Flash takes out <laughs> Captain Boomerang. You see a page where Captain Boomerang's standing there and Flash just punches him silly. Deadman takes over Guy Gardner for a minute. Uh, they're going to take out Maxwell Lord, and Maxwell Lord brainwashes him and says, let me go, and basically gets let go. Jade starts making out with Kyle. Laura Fleece throws Luther down in front of the other rings and goes, here, he's your problem. And Sinestro said, you finally gave something to some, or gave someone to something, you ridiculous rodent. And he's like, uh, no way. And then they realize that Black Hand and the Indigo Tribe have all disappeared. In the next page, you find that they are on a different planet, and the Indigo Tribe has Black Hand as a prisoner. And it ends with Hal and Barry talking in a grave or a graveyard, talking about Batman. Now, the thing is, Batman never really came back from the dead. They used him, and then he just melted away immediately after he turned all those other heroes into uh, Black Lanterns. And then he just vanished where everybody else stood, stuck around. So they took that as meaning that that wasn't really Batman. That he was still alive somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, thoughts? Awesome. I probably didn't do it justice, but it was eight issues. I was trying to hit just some of the key points. Right. No, it was, I, I loved it. So I thought it was funny because I'm reading this and I'm like, you know, if we didn't read some of these issues before this, a lot of this would make no sense. No. If we didn't read Infinite Crisis, the elongated man and Dibney story would like, not make any sense. If we didn't read some Hawkman stuff before this, didn't make sense. That would didn't not make, make any sense. sense. Sinestro Corps showing that there are other cores out there. Right. Yep. Which I did pick up Sinestro Corps Volume One. Good. This weekend. So it's almost like we planned this. Yep. We did. Ooh. We kind of did. Yeah. Unintentionally. But, <laughs> but it seems it, to work it, out. It worked out. Yeah. Yeah. I remember reading this when it when it came out, and I was like really into it, and I don't remember anything. I know I remember. I just reread it again, and I was like. It's a lot more deep in depth than I remember it. Yeah, that's how I felt about it. But yeah, um, I'll talk about my top ten blackest lanterns, and I'll go through why I picked them. Cool. Okay. I don't want to spoil it here. Right. No. But no, I I really love this book. Yeah, but. it was it was really good. You were hyping it since the beginning of before we start when we started this podcast. You're like, you got to read Blackest Night. You got to read Blackest <laughs> Night. So I picked up Blackest Night, and I'm like, I'm glad you told me to read Blackest Night. <laughs> yeah. You know, and when I read it, I forgot how dependent it was on the Green Lantern Corps and Green Lantern books. Mm-hmm. So, because it fills in a lot of those gaps for you. 
They did a couple other spinoffs on this. They did like uh, they did a three issue Batman, three issue Wonder Woman, three issue Superman, three issue Titans. That Rebels. I remember there were some Rebels. Yeah, and then they did one off issues, which I thought was one of the coolest marketing ideas ever. They went into uh, so like Catwoman. I think it was Catwoman eighty three. Well, the book ended at issue eighty two. So when they did the Blackest Night, they brought back one issue later from that original run. Uh, they did it with All Star Western. They did it with Rebels. They did it with uh, Booster Gold. Um, and there's always somebody that had an impact in the, in these people's lives that got brought back from the dead. Secret Six had a couple issues, whereas uh, like the old Secret Six fighting the new Secret Six, the dead Secret Six were fighting them. It's a lot to track down and chase down. You don't necessarily need all those one-offs. I think, honestly, Blackest Night is a fine read by itself, but if you want a little more depth to it, definitely see if about finding the Green Lantern Blackest Night and the Green Lantern Corps Blackest Night to kind of fill in a few of those other gaps, too. But uh, I've got all of them except for the Catwoman. I'm trying to track that one down, and I refuse to pay the $50 for it. But they're fun reads. Awesome. All right, we're going to be going on to... The D-Wordy Files. Who's our D-List character this week? Ryan? I went with Scar, who was one of the the Black Lantern Guardian. First appearance was in Green Lantern Volume 4, Issue 25, created by Jeff Johns, Home Planet's Oa. She was one of the Guardians that got recreated when Kyle recharged the central power battery. So Hal went nuts, destroyed the central power battery. Kyle was trying to get the Green Lantern Corps started again, went back to Oa, created the central power battery again, recharged it, and created the Guardians again. Scar did fight with the Anti-Monitor during the Sinestro Corps War and was seriously burned. She was part of a diplomatic mission to Xamarin, which is where Carol, uh, Star Sapphire is from, and was very aggressive with them. Uh, and that the weird part about that is, before the Guardians were all males and they would mate with the Xamarons, Zam- uh, the females, and they'd only do this once every 100,000 years or something like that. She was the one that proposed that the Guardians illegalize romantic relationships between Green Lantern Corps members, which caused dozens of resignations amongst the Corps. She did have her own agenda, however. She did assign Ash, my favorite Green Lantern, to find the Anti-Monitor's corpse. She leaked information about Sinestro being transferred to the Sinestro Corps so they could rescue him. She also told Black Hand to kill his family. She produced a Black Lantern ring. She ended up killing one of the Guardians and traps the rest of them, saying that she has been dead since their fight with the Anti-Monitor, and Necron contacted her, and then Hal, Sinestro, Indigo, Atrocitus, Larflees, Carol, and Ganthet, Saeed Combo, uh, combined their lights and destroyed her. So she seemingly is dead now in Blackest Night. Who knows? She could come back. You never know. That is Scar. We are now going to go into everybody's favorite segment. The Random Reads! He's looking at you to go first. Wait, you want to keep talking? <laughs> I, I can go. No, it's fine. I'm going to be Debbie Downer here for a second. I've been uh, waiting since he posted this on Discord to see what he was going to say. Oh, no. I, I was going to talk about, uh, you guys talked about Kyle finding his girlfriend in the in the fridge. fridge yeah. Mm-hmm. And that scene shows up in Blackest Night, too, yep. in the first, first book. She comes back as a Black Flander, by the way. That's crazy. But 
I don't know how I feel about it. Back in the day, it was a horrific scene. Yeah. Like, now I'm like, was it necessary? Was it necessary for them to be that, that kind brutal? Of, that to brutal. Just a normal girl. And to just to get you hooked into see giving Kyle a reason to be right. the Green Lantern. And with the history of Major Force, that's right up his alley to do something that disgusting. But I don't know. Was it necessary for him to fold her in half and put her in a fridge? Why not just leave her on the floor? Why not something? I don't know. But there's a difference between being 20, reading it, and being 43, 43 and, reading and reading it. It's horrific enough to find your girlfriend lying dead in your apartment, let alone folded. Folded in half and, and put shoved in, next shoved to in. the old pizza. Here's the leftover pizza, honey. What and happened to that fridge? Did he sell it? Did he? Did the, the apartment building just get rid of it? Or is it still there? That's a question we need to answer. <laughs> we need that answer, DC. Is somebody in California still using that refrigerator? <laughs> Do you know the history of it? <laughs> it's probably haunted. There's got to be some kind of disclosure, like if a house somebody got killed in the house, they got to disclose it. Right. Somebody, yeah. somebody got killed in that fridge. <laughs> yeah, I saw Scott's comment on Discord about it. So I just thought I'd bring that up because Scott brought it up and I wanted to talk about it too. So yeah, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I didn't. Did we come across as that we were are heartless or no? What he said was you guys had a good back and forth about the good part of that story and the bad part about it. Yeah. So there's we a, looked well, at thanks, both, Scott. Appreciate that. Yeah, we we looked at both sides of the story of it. So yeah, thanks, Scott. So my my issue for this week is. J.J. Abrams on Spider-Man. <sighs> okay. He did um, it. I wasn't going to do it. He did it. I picked it up and flipped through it, and I set it down. Yeah? So I can probably came closer than you did. You did. I didn't, I didn't even touch the, it. I didn't, I didn't want trigger. my fingers to start burning. Uh, what do I say about this piece of shit? All right. So everybody online is clamoring that J.J. Abrams is doing Spider-Man. I'm so tired of the constant... I gotta kill off Peter Parker storyline. Or I gotta beat him so much that he retires storyline. And that is just what this is. Peter is fighting a new guy. And to clarify one thing, J.J. Abrams is co-writing this with his kid. I think his kid's right. doing most of it. Yeah, He's just throwing some ideas out there. So Spider-Man gets beaten up pretty bad by Cadaverous, which is a new villain. He's, he's pretty much defeated, right? And Cadaverous takes a finger and shoves it right in the back of Mary Jane and throws her off the Brooklyn Bridge. And he saves her, right? He pushes through the pain and he saves her and she's dead. But there's a little bit of beginning where he's like, P Mary Jane is there to help Peter. Like, he's, she's like, you need to leave now. Things are different. You can't fight him until, you know, one of you is dead. It comes out that they have a kid, Ben, right? So Ben Parker is back. This Weird is, how the kid's name is Ben and it's a J.J. Abrams book. This is the story of how little Ben, who gets spider powers when he's born... Well, actually, hold on. This is the story of Peter Parker diving into his job as a photographer and missing out on the growing up of his son. Because now Peter doesn't have an arm because he got ripped off in the fight. So he's got a hook. Why does he have a hook? This is 2019. You can have a prosthetic that looks just like a real hand. You are friends with Tony Stark, or God forsake, you know, one of the Richards guys could make you a real arm. They could, it just doesn't make any sense. The tinkerer could make him a real arm. Yeah, anybody. Anybody in the Marvel Universe could make you a real arm. You could go to the Gladiator and he'd make you one. It's just, so this, this book is Peter telling like little kid, like, you have a lot of power. 
don't fight. Don't stand up for yourself. Don't make a spectacle of yourself. Just stay safe. So he gets in trouble in school. Peter comes and rescues him, gets him out of detention or whatever. And they're taking a ride home. And Peter's just like, don't fight. You know, just be a normal kid. I got to leave again. So Peter takes off, goes somewhere else. Aunt May is still alive. And she's raising Ben. She's raising Ben. She's like 150 years old. Right. So, so she's like, go upstairs and find out what your father was really like. He's not, this isn't your father. This isn't Peter. This is what happens to Peter after something happens to him. Go up in the attic, go under the floorboards and find your dad's box. And he finds all these love letters to Mary Jane, like all the pictures. And then he finds a Spider-Man suit. And that is where we end the issue. We have a new Spider-Man of Ben Parker. I didn't know that spider powers transferred through blood. Apparently, it's that deeply genetic that it changed his sperm. Okay, tell us how you feel, Nick. Just let it rip. I'm looking for a rant here, Nick. Come on. (laughs) This could be done with anybody else. Anybody. This could be a new character. does not have to be Spider-Man over and over and over again. You're only using Spider-Man because he's the number one character in comics. He's the one that everybody knows, and that's why you're jumping onto this one. I won't buy this again. I don't care. If there's going to be Peter Parker running around, Miles Morales running around, Ben Parker running around, you know, if this is a different universe, they're just going to bring him in. Yep. This does really well, and the issues take off. We're going to get another Spider-Man in the 616 universe, and I'm so sick of new Spider-Mans. Yeah. It's I I had no desire to pick Spider-Man's one of my favorite comic book characters and I had no desire to pick that up. Well, we've already seen May from the Marvel Future as Spider-Woman. Yep. Now we get another story with a different kid that Peter has. I don't know. I don't think it was worth 5 bucks. It took me 2 minutes to read and it's rehashed crap again. I am, you know, I know there's nothing new under the sun. Just give me a story that's not Damian Wayne. This is exactly Damian Wayne, just raised by Aunt May and not Rosh Agul. Rosh Agul. All right, I give this a one. I might go wipe my ass with it later. Awesome. Five dollars toilet paper. Anybody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ryan, Ooh, what you got for us this week, Ryan? So I've got three books, but it's actually kind of a two book thing because I've got Hawkman fifteen and sixteen. I know I've talked about Hawkman before. I've talked about him probably more, almost as much as Green Lantern. I feel. I did read 15. I did not read 16. Okay. I'm, what I'm going to say is not going to probably impact anything for you. That's fine. So, Hawkman's villain for the year of the villain is the Shadow Thief, and he was just a thief. And Lex Luthor gave him some additional powers, and now he has powers over shadows. And he stole Hawkman's shadow. Hawkman happens to be really good friends or at least strong acquaintances, with Shade. Uh, Shade's from... can't think of this. Starman. Starman? Yeah. Shade's from Starman, and he's always been one of these really cool characters, but he controls Shadows as well. Yeah, I liked I liked Shade. And Hawkman goes and sees Shade. He's in his Hawkman outfit, falls down in front of him. Shade switches him to human form, so he's not drawing any attention, takes him back to his place, lets him rest, and he's reading Hawkman's journal and seeing what's actually going on. And Hawkman basically goes, I need your help. I'm fa- fighting Shadow Thief. I need help with the Shadow end of things. And 
it took me forever to look at this, but there's four panels where Shade's about to hand the journal back over to him. He pulls it away, gives it to him again, and he goes, huh, you don't have a shadow. And I don't know how I did not catch that. Because I looked at all those panels, I'm like, well, what's going on here? But yeah, sure enough, Hawkman doesn't have a shadow because it was taken. And Shade's like, okay, let's, I'll help you. They go into a room that is designed to protect people from shadows. It is a room of pure light. They should be fine in there. They're having a conversation. And all of a sudden, Shadow Thief actually comes out of Shade's mouth because there is a shadow in his mouth. Because when Shadow go, or Shade goes in there, he's not normally talking to anybody. It's just a place for him to reflect in private without having any problems. And then think about that. Shadow Thief ended up getting Shade's shadow as well. They go to the Shadowlands to fight Shadow Thief. And without giving it any much further away, Robert Vendetti is killing it with this Hawkman. I really hope everybody that listens goes out and buys this book because I really don't want to see it in. And I know it's not one of the top 15, 20 books or whatever for DC. But Robert Vendetti is working miracles with this book. I got done reading these two issues. I'm like, okay, I'm ready for 17. We're 17. Oh, wait, it hasn't come out yet. I was disappointed I didn't have the next book because I wanted to see what was going to happen next. He is very good at leaving cliffhangers and getting you excited about what's going to happen next. He's developing the characters perfectly. He went back in time or went back in time in one of the books and kind of explained how he and Shade became friends. It, he is developing this character like no one else has ever done. And that's saying something because Jeff Johns wrote this character for a very long time and I love that run. Robert Vendetti is destroying John's run here. Well, I guess I'm getting Hawkman number 16 this... Uh, 17. Well, I don't have 16, oh, 16. so oh. i got to get 16. Yeah. So I'm going to get that this week. <laughs> it's just amazing. The next book I've got is Justice League Odyssey. I don't know what to say about this book. I collected it because Jessica Cruz was in it, and I'm like, okay, I want to see what's going on with Jessica Cruz, because God knows what happened to Simon Biaz. He's just kind of like, poof, gone. Yeah, he's a great leader still, but who knows where he's at because nobody tells him. Anyhow, Jessica Cruz is in this book. And so Darkseid basically tricks Cyborg, Azrael, Starfire. Thank you. Star, that's Star Sapphire. <laughs> Starfire and Jessica Cruz into space. Well, he didn't plan on Jessica Cruz, but tricks him into space and is slowly manipulating them. And they found out Starfire... Azrael, Cyborg, all have, like, these cult-like followings on these different planets. And so they start kind of falling in line with that. Like, oh, people worship me. Okay. And it's all Darkseid manipulating these characters. I fell off the book for a little bit. And then what happened in this issue made me pick up the book. So Cyborg is taken over by Darkseid. So now he is one of Darkseid's goons. He's shooting at Star, uh, Starfire and Azrael and Jessica, and he hits Azrael, so Jessica's putting her power bat or lantern over, you know, a shield over him. Starfire, Starfire's going straight at him. He ends up pushing her into this vat of something or other. So she's off the board. Jessica's ring is down to 4%. She has no battery to charge her ring, and it's just draining. And somehow Darkseid managed to take over all of Azrael's worshippers, which in turn turned him into one of Darkseid's goons, and all of a sudden Starfire was back. She's one of his goons now. So that just leaves Jessica. She is at 2% life on her ring, and 
she is just swinging at dark side. I mean, there's just this page where he, she just clocks him. He takes the Omega Beams and just obliterates her, killing Jessica Cruz. I'm like, okay, I gotta read that. So I got the book. It is by Abnett, Dan Abnett, and I like his space stories. It, this is a, a a long read. He does like to talk, and the story hasn't been real accelerating as far as all the issues I've read. I think I missed one issue where I dropped off of it and then they killed Jessica. And it's a slow burn, so I got a love-hate relationship with this book. I can't really tell you to go out and get it unless you have some kind of attachment to any of the characters I named, but the fact that he uses Omega Beams to destroy Jessica Cruz when she had no power left in her ring and he did not need to do that. Wow. And I've actually got the next issue at home. I haven't read yet, but I kind of know what happens in it and it's going to be very interesting. That's what I got. Nice. Cool. I might pick that up. Sounds awesome. Like I did know, not know that they were doing that book. Like I knew about the book, but I never knew who was writing it. So it seems to be pretty much Abnett's way. Of being a slow burn. Yeah. So all of Guardians was like that. Nova was like that. So. Yeah. Cool. And it's just a focus on these characters. They make reference why they're doing it. Because of something that happened to Justice League. I can't remember what. Uh, but they went to this uh, space sector. Ghost sector is what I think what they called it. To try to rescue these people. Because of something that happened in one of the Justice League books. You don't really need to know that. Nor do you need to really care. It's just knowing that Azrael snuck, snuck on the ship. With... Starfire and Cyborg while they're going off to do this with Jessica tagging along. Yeah, it's kind of like Azrael would be like the outcast. Like, why was he? Why, why are you in space? <laughs> he doesn't really fit that spot, but uh, he's making it work. Yeah, cool. It's a very dynamic or a very diverse team. Yeah, power and, level and, is wise. And guess what? They're kind of like B characters. What? They're characters. What? That, I'm going back to Black Sky for a second, I, just for one second. Okay. I realized what irritated me about that story. I and I love that story. I didn't realize how prominent of a role the Batman character played in that book as well. And all of a sudden it hit me. You can write books without Batman being involved. And I would love to see that what? happen. What? He is such an overrated buffoon. <laughs> it's weird that, yeah, um, Batman did not need to be in there. Like No. No. There is no like, purpose for him. It's like every time a major event happens, oh, Batman's going to be in here. He's going to just stand around and not know anything, but he's going to be in. Doomsday Clock. I'm reading Doomsday Clock, trying to finish it, loving all the story, except for the Batman parts. Why is he here? He It doesn't matter. He sells books. That's pretty much it. That's it. Just That goes back to the Duke, Snake Eyes, all those characters. Yeah, it just he just does it to sell books. Yeah. But the thing that bugs me the most is the Yellow Ring is afraid of Batman. Yeah. The embodiment of universal fear is afraid. is afraid of a little human. Right. Like, really? Now you're pushing it too hard. You know, it's like, he's just a dude. But that's why I like Sinestro Corps War so much, because John's like, he's just a nothing. man. You're, you're just a dumbass. The reason you have a problem with Hal is because Hal's not afraid of you. That's why you don't like Hal. Yep. Okay, sorry. I've no, kind of gone off no. on a little couple of rampant. But yeah, like I said, I'm starting to feel the same way. I like Batman when he was a detective. Yeah. When he was a flawed, you know. You don't like me with Batman? I hate that Batman. I hate, I hate as soon as he put a black suit on and he came back and he was like, 15 minutes, I can beat anybody. Just give me enough time. I hate that Batman. 
See, I love the long Halloween. He didn't really. He was a detective. He was a detective. Yep. Not really. He kind of failed. But. I I kind I liked Hush. I mean, but those are Batman stories. Yep. He does not need to be involved in all these other stories. He, he didn't need to be in a bi- in he didn't a green room at all. In here at all. No. It, there, he served no purpose in this book. It could have been Superman or yeah. one of the others. It could have been Ted Cord. Oh, and they all had a, like a. An emotional tie to Ted Cord. It could have easily been Ted Cord's yeah. skull that they used and brought him back. Didn't have to be Batman. No. You know, just with Doom, Doomsday Clock, though, I mean, Jeff Johns is writing it. It's about the Watchmen. You don't need Batman to sell that book. You don't need I can not guarantee with the you, Watchmen, at some no. point, everybody has heard that you need to read Watchmen because it's such a great book at some point in your life that this is one of the books that you have to read. It was a great book. It, it didn't age well. No, it did not age well. But it, it's just one of those no, name it's the five of, books that you need to read for comics. And yeah. Watchmen always comes up. That, it's one of my favorites. Guess what? Batman wasn't in that. He was not. There was no. <laughs> there was no Superman. There was no Green Lantern. There was no Wonder Woman. There was. It was totally different characters you never heard of before. With that being said, I am really digging Batman's Tom King run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna bag on Batman for like five, but six minutes. It's his but book. It's his, it's his book. book. It's yeah. true. It's his book. I get it. I understand. I, like, uh, I'm really enjoying Batman and the Outsiders. Why does Batman how have much, how what, much is, is he in there? He's in there like for two panels. Yeah, maybe each book because it's based on the B like the B characters. Yeah, it's and not I'm, based on Batman. And, and I love that Outsiders book, and I don't know why Batman has to be in the title. Sell the book. I get, that, that's what I'm... Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason they have his name that's in it. it. Alright. This week on The List, it's our top ten Black Lanterns. I'll go. You sure? I want to... Yeah. No, I'm good. Okay. So, number ten is Jack T. Chance. The reason I picked him is because it's Jack T. Chance. Enough said. Nine, Solomon Grundy. I always just thought that Born was... Born on a cool. Monday. Eight is Blue Beetle, because Ted Cord should be coming back, and this is the closest we ever got. Seven, Superman. Six, Wonder Woman, just because those two were cool. You know, you don't picture them as evil in any manner, and then you have them as evil. Five is Scar, the Guardian Green Lantern. There, I just went basically off of power. Four, Crispin Allen, because honestly, a dead specter. Blackest Night, or Black Lantern, Dead Spectre, just freaks me out. I wish they'd actually do more with that. Three is Firestorm. If you read Black Blackest Night, you will understand why the guy is a complete jerk. Two is Black Hand, because we wouldn't have Blackest Night without Black Hand. And one is Necron, because they couldn't destroy him. They had to destroy the Tither to get to him. Alright, I'll go. Number ten is Necron. Nine is Martian Manhunter. Eight is Jack T. Chance. Seven is Green Arrow. Six is Scar. Four is Superman. Three is Aquaman. Two is Black Hand. And number one is Firestorm. I skipped one, I think. You skipped five. Five is Khufu. Or Hawkman. Whichever. Okay. (laughs) Number one (laughs) is Firestorm. And the reason I picked Firestorm is because he's an asshole. And I have an unhealthy fear of burning to death. So him being dead and, and all of that kind of creeped me the hell out. So 
That's mine. I pick I pick mine on holy shit, they brought this guy back. Right? Blue Beetle. No. Because <laughs> they never brought Blue Beetle back. Ben Parker. <laughs> ben Parker has a better chance of coming back before the Beetle. Yeah, he does. Number 10, Ice. Because it was kind of cool to see her and Guy. Guy Gardner interact. It's nice to see them back together again. Yeah. Because that's a cool on and off storyline that you get to see Guy actually as a human being and not as a, just a complete dickhead all the time. Yeah. Number nine, Starman. If you read the issues of Starman, he always goes back and sees the dead previous family members who were Starman. And seeing one evil, that's totally messed up. Number eight, Batlash. <laughs> totally forgotten DC Western hero. All-Star Western. Yep. Yep. Really cool to see him back. Number seven, Martian Manhunter. The heart and soul of the Justice League. Yeah, that's that, that in, was a... That rip, yeah. As an evil, evil bastard. Yep. That was hard to take. Number six, Terra from the Titans. Yeah. Complete evil little bitch, and that's awesome to see her back. Just a throwaway storyline from the 80s, pretty much now, but damn, it still holds up. Number six, Hawk, Hank Hall. That's one motherfucker you don't want to mess with when he's in a, as a good guy. You throw a Black Lantern ring on him. Nah. And he, he's the embodiment of chaos. Don or Don, whichever one, the new or the old, is the embodiment of of peace. And he's chaos. So you throw a, a god of chaos with a, a black lantern ring, he's going to mess some shit up. Number four, Azrael. When he showed up and just skewered people, it was like, yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Bring him back. Not that other like guy that came back and took over the suit and dressed like he was like the pope Ugh. give me give me jean paul valley every day number three maxwell lord when he was like forget i was here and he just disappeared in the mist it was like that evil little fucker what is he doing where is he going i want to know where he's going because you what like read about maxwell lord he is a yeah. bastard a complete bastard and <clears throat> even with the black lantern he still had the blood dripping out of his nose yep uh, you got to remember, though, I mean, you knew he was evil the second he sent Nort to the Justice League Antarctica. That's a funny story. We should read that one day. <laughs> we should read that for the show one day. Number two is Sue Dibney. I had her on my list. Oh, just watching her and her husband, you know, like, just evil. Like, yep. just her. And, ah, God, I don't, I don't know how to put it, but it's just, she was super nice and, you know, Loved exact him opposite. so much, and then just starts like loving that she's killing people, just loving yeah. it, just wanting to murder everybody. And it was just like, oh, god damn. <laughs> <laughs> and number one is Firestorm. <laughs> they got Robbie so perfect. Yep. With the '80s vernacular, and whoa, dude, that's radical. Yep. And just evil. Evil, evil, evil. Like, he enjoyed it. Like, he enjoyed every bit of it. He enjoyed killing Jenny. That's her name, right? Jen? Yeah. Uh-huh. He, he loved doing that. He loved messing with Jason. He just... And he was like... He wanted to go after Stein. Mm-hmm. It was like... Yeah, God damn. Guy with nuclear powers that can transmute anything? Like, into anything? And you give him a Black Lantern ring? Motherfucker, you are... He could have... You just need him. You don't need everybody else. One man wrecking crew. He is. You 
he's pretty much on par with the Silver Surfer on transmuting anything. I don't and, know who got pissed off with him, but everything I've ever read, he ends up blowing up and dying. Right. It's like, seriously. <laughs> See, he pissed somebody <laughs> off. Because in Doomsday Clock, guess what? He blew up and died. Pissed off the Russians. Firestorm like, was in The Watchmen? Doomsday Clock. Oh. Yeah. It, yeah. I He's such a great character because I've never cared for the modern Firestorm. I always liked the, the original. original. Yeah. Because it was a cool idea. And yeah, they to make him as evil as they did. And you he was probably the last person you would expect to be that evil out of all of them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this guy got pages upon pages in that book. Yep. Of just pure just hatred of yeah. everybody. Yeah. Maybe it's because he got to short end of the stick as a superhero for a while. Yeah, maybe. He's like, "Oh, we're just going to replace you." Like maybe he was just mad. <laughs> <laughs> you replaced me. Fuck you. All right, guys. Anybody got any news? Anything else this week? I do. Awesome. What's up? So, a while back I talked about a local comic called Lenny Vernon Badass Trucker. Yes, sir. And the guys at Omug Comics actually made a short trailer movie-ish thing. 15 minutes, maybe. Yeah. And they put it on, and they had a big event last yesterday at a local place called The Waiting Room. Yep, in Benson. In Benson. Here in town. Yep. And I went up there and checked it out. And to go from a comic book to creating this film, based off of the very first issue of Lenny Vernon Badass Trucker blew my mind. It was really entertaining for 15 minutes. They had the whole cast and crew there. They had the director there. They were inter- talking to all of them. It was a really cool and good time. And hopefully they get that out someplace where you can pick it up and check it out because it was well worth it. One of the artists there that was selling some stuff, uh, Lee Bachman, he did, I was talking to him, he put in a picture to Vampirella, the comic the publisher is IDW. I think it's IDW. And they, the fans voted. And he, although he did not win, they did choose his picture to be a pinup in a future issue of Vampirella. And as soon as I find out what issue that is, please go out and buy it and support this guy. He is an amazing talent. Very cool. So, yeah, that's what I got. Okay. You got anything, Nick? Nope. I don't got anything this week either. So, uh, yeah. Have fun. Read more comics, guys. Trust me, they're fun. It's been Kirk. Ryan. And Nick. See ya. From the monsters of the past comes a new generation dedicated to reversing the evil image of their forefathers. Under the leadership of none other than Count Dracula, known as Big D, three teenagers formed the Do-Gooder Group. Named the Drag Pack. With special powers, they can transform into super mighty monsters and use their skills against all evildoers, especially the diabolical Dr. Dread and his renegade rascals Toad, Fly, Mummy Man, and Vampira, a group known as Ogre, the organization of generally rotten enterprises. It's right versus wrong, good over greed, niceness against naughtiness. 
That's the dedication of the terrific trio, Frankie, Howler, and Drax Jr. The Drax Pack. Thank <laughs> you.